0: Living with Memory Loss on the next On Air with Myrick O'Connell right now. Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. The need for memory care continues to increase as the number of people with Alzheimer's and dementia continues to rise, As the number of people who live with Alzheimer's disease increases, estate planning becomes even more critical. Many families are not prepared for the challenges faced by those with the disease. One of the biggest concerns is planning for financial needs, not only for treatment or medical equipment, but for care services. Joining us today to discuss this is Myrick O'Connell Elder Law Attorney Arthur Bergeron. Arthur, welcome back to On Air with Myrick O'Connell.
1: It's always great to be back, and I I really appreciate you doing these shows. I think it's a real... Service.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate your doing them. Arthur, uh, just to start things off, uh, I want to mention that you have a personal connection to this issue involving your mom. Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, my, my mom, I started doing this work. I've been, I've been practicing now for 44 years, but I started doing this kind of work after my mother died in a nursing home. My mother died in 1991. Oh. Um, she fell. And and the reason why she fell was she was having these ITAs. She had you know she was having dementia-like symptoms. You know, uh, and she ended up in a nursing home for the rest of her life. I decided to start working on these issues as part of my practice, and it grew into what is now my entire practice, just elder law.
0: Wow. Now a lot has changed in thirty years, but families still face a huge challenge when a loved one is diagnosed with Alzheimer's or dementia. They want them to get the best possible care but may not understand the various options and programs that exist. Is there anything families can or should be doing in advance, even before a diagnosis, Arthur?
1: If you are married, then the big program which helps support you if you are in a nursing home uh, is MassHealth. If you are single, uh, or if you are thinking that maybe you might have memory loss in the future or maybe you're starting to get some of these issues now, then um, what you probably want to do is try to structure things as well as possible so that if you need care at home, or it works out that home isn't the best place to be dealing with this, and you want to go to an assisted living so that you're going you're to have the resources necessary to do that. Because assisted livings, even assisted livings that have memory care communities in them, and and, and the typical assisted living community that comes online today does have a memory care unit because that market is so big. Right. Um, Those folks do not accept MassHealth because it's not a nursing home. Hmm. And so you're on private pay. So you really need to be figuring out, you know, how you may be able to address paying for that care privately.
0: Now, Arthur, wouldn't health insurance cover seniors who require care for memory loss?
1: Uh, Medicare will, will never cover any of this. The best option, especially if you want to be in an assisted living community as, a, as opposed to nursing home, is to buy long-term care insurance. And I always tell people, no matter what your age, don't say no to yourself. It is worth it for you to check with uh, insurance carriers who, who do long-term care insurance and see if you can buy it. Because long-term care insurance is a great source if you are in an assisted living and you need memory care, right? Sure. Um, so that's a great option.
0: Now, you've done a lot of work in this area, and you have developed a deep knowledge over the years. Can you tell us about some of the resources that are available to people with Alzheimer's, some of which might even make it possible for people to stay in their homes, which is really where most of us would like to be?
1: First of all, let's talk about home, right? So if you're talking about staying at home, um, especially if you have um, memory loss, but you're kind of in the early stages... Then that means that most of the of the money to care for you at home or to provide for home care is going to end up being privately paid. There is a state funded program that may provide up to, say, six to ten hours of care a week. Since that's not mass health based, it's not asset based, so you don't need to be show you're poor to qualify. That'll help you um, to the extent that you want additional resources, though. Especially if you want to live at home, you want to take advantage of your home. You want to say. You know, you've saved all of your life because your goal was to live in your house until you die and be buried in the backyard. That's the that's my kind of the mantra of so many people. And the best way to do that is to kind of think about that early and figure out how can you tap into the equity of your home right? Um, so that you can stay home, especially at, at stay home until you are so kind of needy medically that these other mass health programs might kick in. And if you're, if you're thinking about that, The two options that people need to look at are a a home equity line of credit, a HELOC, H-E-L-O-C, or a reverse mortgage. Uh, And both of those options are really basically the same in their structure in that in both of those cases, you're going to a lending institution. You're giving that lending institution a uh, promissory note. They're giving you a big line of credit. You're getting like a big line of credit, a big credit card secured by a mortgage. And if you don't use the credit card, well, you don't owe anything. And so it's it's great, you know, to have that in a reserve in case you need it in order to provide for this kind of care for yourself. You don't want to be using it now. And the major difference is that if you've got a HELOC and then you're starting to draw on it because you need money in order to pay for the home care, from the time you draw on it, you're you start paying interest on the amount that you've drawn, but you have to make monthly interest payments also in order to Get that from the time that you start withdrawing money. Now, at the time you're starting to withdraw money is the time when your cash flow is terrible Mm -hmm. because you're using the money to pay for the home care. Right. And so that's where the HELOC can sometimes be problematic. The other option is a reverse mortgage, which is really the same thing. It's a a line of credit that is secured by a mortgage. uh, And then you start borrowing from it and then interest starts accruing. But in that case, the interest, if you don't have the money to pay the interest every month, That's okay. The interest at the end of the month simply gets added to the amount of the principal. uh, And then the following month, you owe a little tiny bit more in principal. And then the mortgage needs to get paid off when the house gets just like with the HELOC, when the house gets sold. Or in the case of the HELOC, there's actually typically a time limit where the mortgage really does need to get paid. In the case of a reverse mortgage, it just gets paid uh, within a year of your death or uh, if you sell the house. So the point is, you don't need to pull out all of this money. You just want that reserve. I think that's really important. You need a reserve.
0: Right. Now, if you're a veteran, there are benefits available in this area. Is that right?
1: That is a yes. There is a terrific benefit called the Aid and Attendance Program. Mm. I heard a friend of mine who works on helping qualify a lot of people for this program tell me that nationally, about 75 to 80 percent of all of the people who are living in assisted living communities right now are using that benefit. That's, that's one of the wow. ways that they're able to do it. If, you, if you're a veteran and you served during a period of war, even if you didn't go to war, and, and the periods of war are very broadly defined, and so you want to talk to somebody who does this about how the government does that definition, then you can qualify for a benefit depending on whether you are the veteran or the, or the spouse or widow of the veteran that's equal to between $1,000 and $2,000 a month to help you pay for the monthly assisted living costs right? And since the living costs tend to run, you know, six to $8,000 a month, that's a big deal. That benefit can also pay for home care. The benefits most often used for folks that are in assisted living, and many people don't realize it can pay for home care. So, it can be a big, big benefit.
0: Hmm. Now, there are also many meal prep, shopping, cleaning programs available, uh, caregiver supports. Can you talk a little bit about that? So,
1: the program that I was just mentioning earlier, the program that is administered by um, your regional aging services access point, uh, which which around this area is typically Bay Path Elder Services, right. um, can connect you with a program that will help with all of that for a limited period, like t- typically six to 10 hours a day. If, you, if you're looking for broader services at home, then in order to do that, you're going to need to be able to qualify for MassHealth. And, and once you qualify, then MassHealth will pay for, there is no limit in the regulations as to how much they can pay for. It has been our experience, they'll pay for typically up to 40 hours of home care. It actually can't include things like shopping, but it can include the meal prep as well as a lot of assistance at home. So it's a, it's a great potential program.
0: What about also IRA and 401ks? People may not think about them, but uh, using them in terms of pre-tax dollars to help with support in this area. Is that is so, that right?
1: I'm really glad that you brought that up, Howard, because I think that for, for most folks, they'll often have IRAs and 401ks and their general philosophy, their seniors, is I never want to use this money because if I pull off the money, I'm going to have to pay tax on it. And I know that if I hold it until I die and give it to my kids, ultimately someone's going to have to pay the tax, but we can defer this tax until later, right? Right. Well, and all of that makes perfect sense, except if you are in a situation where you need a lot of home care because your memory has really deteriorated. And if a doctor or nurse or social worker of yours will certify that you need to be at home and you need regular home care because you need this kind of regular supervision, then all of the payments you're making to the home care folks are tax deductible, Hmm. which means that that money that you have in the IRA that you're concerned about pulling out because, oh, my God, if I pull it out, I'm going to pay, you know, a third of it in taxes. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Well, suddenly, if all of the money that you're paying is tax deductible, right, The net result may end up being practically a wash that the dollars that you're taking out, you probably aren't going to pay any tax on because under current law, if you're entitled to a medical deduction, you can get that medical deduction as long as for all dollars over seven and a half percent of your total income. So suppose your total income is in a normal year, Social Security, pension, whatever is twenty five thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars but you need a hundred thousand dollars in order to pay all of this for all this care. And so you pull a hundred thousand dollars out of your IRA. Well, the result of that is now your total income is $130,000, right? Right. But to the extent that you are spending more than seven and a half percent of that amount, which would be more than about $12,000, right? On this kind of home care, all those dollars are tax deductible. So if if you took out $100,000 and used it all for home care, all of those dollars would be tax-deductible dollars. So you end up using 100% of those dollars. You're not paying any tax on any of that money. So it's an ideal source of money for folks who are trying to figure out how to stay at home.
0: What about day programs for folks who are suffering from memory loss and or Alzheimer's?
1: And now day programs are typically not reimbursed by MassHealth. There is one big exception, the Aging Services Access Point on Cape Cod and the Islands, Elder Services of Cape Cod and the Islands, has actually gotten approval from the state so that they will pay for the cost of of so-called social day programs for folks who qualify for MassHealth. In most places, those programs do not get paid for by MassHealth. If they are so-called social day programs, so if you don't need nurses, if you don't need somebody to administer your meds while you're there, et cetera, then you're going to be paying for those programs privately. But you really want to investigate them because especially if you are having memory loss problems, probably you have someone at home caring for you, typically a spouse, sometimes a child. But, you know, those people sometimes need a break, as do you. Because you just get tired of being with the same person, right? I have had a lot of experience with a lot of clients who have substantially increased the length of time they could stay at home by participating in a day program where they will go to the day program. Typically, they'll be with other folks who have some memory loss problems for the day. These programs typically provide lunch. And you're with all folks who have memory problems if you're in a day program everybody who's there has a memory problem right and then from the perspective of your caregiver right suddenly your caregiver gets a break you know your wife can go get her hair done you can go to the store there is a wonderful day program that's very short. I didn't say it's very short. It's not the whole day. It's like a four-hour program. It's this wonderful program called Daybreak that is operated in coordination in three communities in my area, in North Row, Hudson, and Marlborough. The senior centers have developed this program, and it runs, I think, like four hours a day. It includes a meal. And if you're in any of those communities, each community has it at the senior center on one particular day, but you can participate in all of them. You can rotate, and they'll provide transportation. Right. And it's, a, it's an extremely popular program. But one of the people who I was recently talking to someone whose husband goes and she said, I said, well, what do you do when, when you drop? I, she said, I go home and take a nap. Uh, I just take a break. Yeah. You know? so there's also a, a full day program in, in it actually in Marlboro. And it's one of the best programs I've seen anywhere. And it's called uh, Better Day. And literally, uh, people can go there for the day and come in at about 830 or 9 and stay until like 4.00. I've had clients who never ended up going to a nursing home, hmm. who were able to stay home for their lives, because this program gave them and their caregiver the ability to manage that and stay home until they died, which was really their goal. You know, so they're wonderful programs. Wonderful.
0: <laughs> Wow. And that is a very good way, a uh, good relative term here to wrap up our podcast episode. This is all really, really valuable information, Arthur. And we're talking with Myrick O'Connell Elder Law Attorney Arthur Bergeron about dealing with memory loss, Alzheimer's. How can folks contact you, Arthur, if they want to discuss this?
1: So they can always call me or email me. My direct line is 508-860-1470. Uh, and my email is a Bergeron, A B E R G E R O N, like the hockey player, a Bergeron at Myrick M I R I C K O C O N N E L L.com. And I'm happy to talk with folks. How, you know, I love doing these podcasts. I think this is really important stuff. People need to understand yeah. Yeah. what their options are. Everybody's trying to figure it out.
0: Right? Absolutely. Very well said. Arthur Bergeron, thanks so much.
1: Howard thank you very much I really appreciate.
0: It. I'm Howard Kaplan on air with Myra O'Connell. Thanks for listening. Take care and stay safe. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myra O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court.